أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله الله سبحانه وتعالى gave uh, the highest praise that a human being or anyone from the creation could have received when he said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ that we did not send you except for as a mercy to the world the tafsir of the ayah is uh, something that inshallah people can look up uh, on their own and sit with their mashaykh and read and listen to but the munasaba and the connection of mentioning this uh, in this uh, momentous night uh, this night uh, connected to the date that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was born on his Mulad Mubarak alayhi salatu wasalam the reason for this Mulad being a celebration is to bring a tawajjah of the Muslims toward something which is that the love of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is from the greatest of those things that will save a person on the day of judgment this is because of the hadith sahih of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam narrated from him not only once but numerous times that he said alayhi salatu wasallam al-mar'u ma'man ahabba that a man will be with the one that they what the one that he loves <coughs> and so when people gather together and they read the seerah of the Prophet وسلم, and they describe his noble characteristics and they sing anashid and poetry in his praise and they repeat the salat and salam on his Mubarak name in as much as the person's heart becomes mutawajjah and directed toward his noble ruh alayhi salatu wassalam and inasmuch as a person sends salat and salam to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam which is presented to him by the angels not only by the name of the person who says it but by the name of their father with it as well that the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam responds and it's a blessing for that person uh, and that's where the benefit and that's where the blessings start from but they don't end there uh, the Remembrance of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and his love is the beginning of a journey and that journey involves imbibing that sunnah into a person's own state and so when we wish to imbibe that sunnah into our own state it includes a number of things it includes how we eat and how we drink how we sit and how we stand how we dress how we interact with our elders and with those younger than us uh, how we interact with our friends and with our enemies uh, how we uh, comport outwardly and how we carry ourselves inwardly in our state with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's important to remember the rahmah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam which is unfortunately forgot forgotten by muslims and it's particularly forgotten when it comes to other muslims for whatever reason we can remember the rahmah when it comes to a, a, a kafir somehow or another we are in super james bond muslim mode 
where we don't want to look or say anything crooked lest uh, you know that lack of a please or a thank you or that crooked glance or that face um, in which there is some consternation showing be used as a proof against us on the day of judgment for why this person didn't accept Islam. Even though such a concept is patently ridiculous. Yes, you can drive a person away from Islam for sure through your bad conduct, but just because you know you had a, a bad day or you had a bad expression on your face or you dealt with another person within the parameters of normal human behavior and that person resented it, it's not going to be somehow your fault that that person didn't accept Islam or whatever. But we have this hypersensitivity for reasons that we don't have time to discuss right now. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the people with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Muhammadun Rasulullah, uh, that he, Muhammad alayhi salatu wa sallam, is the messenger of Allah. وَالَّذِينَ مَعَهُ أَشِدَّاءُ عَلَى الْكُفَّارِ رُحَمَاءُ بَيْنَهُمْ And those who are with him are, are harsh against uh, those antagonistic ones from the disbelievers. That's fine. We'll put that aside, right? It's not. This doesn't necessarily mean that you should, like, you know, see somebody who's not a Muslim and you know, elbow them in the face or whatever at work. And that's not what it's saying. But let's leave the the interpretation of this. Let's summarize it by saying the antagonistic from amongst the kuffar they're harsh and severe against them. But focus on the the the, the next phrase, ruhama ubenahum, that they have mercy against or mercy with one another, that they're adilla, that they're 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 gentle and they're humble, with with uh, with the believers that this is from the greatest of the sunnahs of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and it's worth remembering on this uh, uh, momentous occasion of the maulid of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and it's worth remembering that it still counts even for the people who don't celebrate the maulid mm-hmm. and it still counts for the people who don't accept tariqah and it still counts for the people who don't know fiqh and it still counts for the people who uh, aren't pious or righteous people. It still counts for the people who don't pray. How about the people who do? It still counts for the people who are Muslims and you and I despise them because it doesn't harm them all that much that you and me might hate them. Uh, if Allah Ta'ala uh, gave them La ilaha illallah, it's a proof that He loves Him. And this Rahmah is such that it even crosses the line of Iman for that matter. And the context for this is what is that we live in an age where people literally like, you know, on, on social media and things like that. And the thing is, social media is, you know, it's a microcosm that's not representative of the real world. I get that. But real like issues that people have play out, you know, through that prism. The, the, the Also, the root of the issue is there in the hearts, whether a person has a phone or doesn't have a phone or uses Facebook or doesn't use, use Facebook. They play out in kind of a particular way. Um, in social media and then they'll play out differently verbally they'll play out differently in family they'll play out differently in Germany than they will in France because of certain uh, differences in the medium of how humans express themselves based on differing circumstances but the asl, the johar of it is, is the same in all, all situations which is what? which is because this is our context we should talk about things that are relevant to our context that the same person who will DM me and ask me hey, you know, I want to learn Arabic where should I learn Arabic from? Uh, months ago, just a few months ago, that same person, you'll see them blasting uh, ulama and they'll blast. And when I say ulama, I'm not talking about people alive now. I'm talking about the great ulama of the past. That this is shameful. This is wrong. This person's racist. This person's sexist. This person is this. This person is that. 
to the point where we've had to hear even blasphemy against the Anbiya alayhim as-salatu wassalam about, 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 about the Anbiya alayhim as-salatu wassalam, things that people used to regard as above reproach. But these are those set data points in, 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 in the constellations of the night sky of meaning by which we ourselves, you know, that we ourselves take guidance, that we orient ourselves based on those things, and people are just taking them and trashing them one way or the other, one side or the other. And uh, people will say things innocuously, and others will bend them so out of shape and interpret them so uncharitably and take the worst possible meaning or the worst meaning that's impossible from what a person said instead of thinking about it once, twice, three times and trying to see, like, you know, how could this possibly mean something not horrible? And then afterward, have this kind of like, you know, outrage Olympics or, or grievance Olympics where we uh, want to just like heap this garbage of negativity on other people. We have in this issue also, we have a great, a great and a beautiful uh, uh, example, Iswatun Hasana in the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which is what Allah Ta'ala Himself commands in His book. He says that the people, the, the people, the Ulul Albab, and the people of Hidayah are who alladhina yastami'oona al-qawla fayattabi'oona ahsanahu the people who hear uh, a speech and they follow the best of that that which is in it they seek out right ittiba' is 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 what is is like takalluf in 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 following something they literally they strain themselves to seek out what the best is of something and that's what they take and then thereafter look at rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam if you want to have objections and you want to shout people down and hack people down look at what the rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam what his standard was was that during his lifetime abdullah bin ubay who is who he's known as what is his laqab it's not a mural mu'minin is it no. no what is raisul munafiqin right he's not just a he's he's not just a president he's also a client not of the hair club for men but of nifaq He's a hypocrite. The Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam by wahi knows he's a hypocrite. There are many ayat about hypocrites that refer directly to him. But even then, the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam, despite knowing exactly who he was and who those people were, there's a great hikmah in him not explicitly outing those people. And the ummah can look and see that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, because you and me have like we have our doubts about somebody, is this person sincere or not? And we may actually be very close to the mark, if not on the mark with regards to them. Mm. But still, we can say that because we don't have knowledge of the ghayb, there's some shubha, maybe this person actually has some iman and something else is going on here. Whereas with him, there is a great hikmah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him a test higher than the test of other people, which is what? He actually knew that there are actually kafirs inside, that there's the, you know, the lights are on, but nobody's home as far as their heart is concerned, mm. as far as their iman is concerned. And even then, he showed the ummah, this is how you deal with the people that you have suspicion with. I'll show you how to deal with them. Which is what? There's a hadith, a narration of Bukhari itself, in case somebody wants to uh, impugn uh, the authenticity of, of what's about to be said. Which is that he insulted the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in the worst of ways. And Sayyidina Umar asked for permission to kill him. And the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa not only did he not give permission, but he gave a reason as well. He said, I don't want people to say Muhammadun yaqtulu ashabahu. Mm. I don't want people to say what? That Muhammad kills his companions alayhi salatu wasalam. 
Why? Because it's a type of wretchedness. They're all in Medina to people from the outside, right? Like when the Arabs sit with us and we say, oh, this is Gujarati and this is Punjabi and this is Hyderabad. They're like, what are you guys all like eat roti and biryani? Like, what are you talking about? What's the difference, right? Mm -hmm. They're sitting in Medina to the rest of the pagan idolaters of, of Arabia. They're all Muslims. So the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam like over something, which really is kufr. I mean, people don't know that it's not. If he gives permission to, you know, have someone's head lopped off, so well, you know, the people of Yathrib, they received him, and uh, and look what he's doing. He's now like going on a purge and killing people. It's mm -hmm. something like it sounds like some sort of like nightmare, like like a Maoist purge or like Paul Pot mm -hmm. Khmer Rouge type thing. You know, Rasulullah mm -hmm. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says this is not what we're this is not what we're looking for. You know, we're not looking for for this this vibe. We're not looking for this. Uh, energy. We're not looking for this, uh, uh, you know, for, for this type of look. This is not how we're, how we want to be known. Is that we're the people that Muhammad is the one, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that 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 kills his his companions. Uh, yet look at us, look at us. Mashallah, one tariqa hacks down the other one. One marids hacks down the other one. One woman hacks down another one. One slave hacks down the other one. One emir hacks down the other one. People are in competition over donations. People are in comp competition over, over disciples. People are in competition over money. People are in competition over business. People are just hacking each other down, and people are feel happy to say, oh, you know, freaking Wahhabis and freaking Sufis. These people are mushrikeen. These people are khawarij. These people are this or that. I mean, there are people who really do cross a line and this is why the institution of ulama rabbani yun exists in the in the ummah which is unfortunately not every madrasa graduate but there are certain people who are people of the lord the problem is what if you don't spend time reading the quran both studying it but also in its recitation and putting it in action and then take the beating that inevitably comes with that you won't be able to you won't be able to recognize who's good at that you know you just have a kind of fantasy in your mind that there's some people who say well if the prophet sallallahu was alive he would just pet every bunny rabbit or whatever how do you know that you know like how do you know if he was alive what he would do what he wouldn't do you haven't read a book of hadith yet so i don't know like what to say to people who are so disconnected like but all i can say is if you look you start that journey you can go a little bit into it and and get some idea you know who those people are that sometime or another those people will say okay this person has crossed the line they need to be called out even then when they're called out even in the case when a person is mutajahir bil kabair, a fasiq fajr, a profligate person, openly profligate person, is shameless in his profligacy. It's not that you just caught him doing something in public that he doesn't want people to know about, but he's actually shamelessly doing it. That's the case in which it's permissible to call that person out and that it's not considered backbiting against them anymore to say what that thing that that person does. And if people need to be warned in order to be saved from that person's harm, then it's permissible to warn that person. But even then, it's limited to that one thing. It's like it's limited. There's no nuclear option where you just kind of like go nuts on a Muslim. And this is really odious to the time and place we live in because we live in what? In cancel culture. And, you know, people say, well, so-and-so deserves to be canceled. No, I mean, people can do horrendous types of things. If that person dies on Iman, I don't care what you think, you know, or what you say. That person has a right to make Tawbah, and it's between them and Allah. Does it mean that we should make them our leader? Does it mean that we should learn Darsh from them? Does it mean that we should tell people to take Bay'ah? No, absolutely not. But still, that person still ha always has a right to make Tawbah. That person always has, a, 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 you know, a Janazah that's said over them. That person is buried, even if... In a very limited fashion, we don't cancel. We don't cancel anybody who's still a Muslim completely. We're not supposed to. This happened. There are many odious cases that are not really PR friendly. Uh, the uh, Boston uh, uh, Marathon bomber, uh, you know, so many masajid in, in New England. They said we're not going to give this person a janazah, right? 
people like Saddam and Osama and whatever, especially for somebody who's in America, uh, you know, to say this person died on Islam, so there's a limit to how bad I'm going to speak about this, you know, Saddam is not not somebody that, you know, I don't think anyone, at least in this room, is going to say that, like, you know, we hold him up as a role model. But the fact of the matter is the man said, La ilaha illallah before he died, and Allah knows what's in his heart. And he publicly repented for his sins. I'm not saying that you shouldn't hold him up as a role model. What I'm saying, though, is just to please a person who has no light inside of their heart, Mm -hmm. whose heart is filled with material things, and uh, they don't look for anything except for the life of this world, and they look... They don't look forward to meeting Allah and they don't look forward to the Day of Judgment. Just to please those people, we're not going to cross a line with somebody who says, La ilaha illallah, even though we accept that their crimes are crimes and they're not good. And they're, they're not good. If this is what we have to hold as a, as a minimum standard, then what jawaz is there for us to uh, shout and hack other people down? The Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa you want to talk about his sunnah, okay, it's the mawlid and you know, nobody's going to not celebrate the mawlid if, unless you're, you know, like wahhabi, irhabi, kababi, uh, whatever you want to call a person, right? Okay, let's come sit together. This is the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa the person that we hate and the person that we despise, but they're still a Muslim, what can we do about it? Even if we have our suspicions about this person being complete, total hypocrite. We don't have the right to hack that person down, to kill that person. Someone might say, well, you know, freedom of speech. That's a completely different paradigm. That, you know, the Constitution is a wonderful and interesting document of momentous importance in world history. It's not even a particularly bad document in, in, in some sense. I don't have any sort of like animus against it. However, we have to accept the fact that it's not something based in the teachings of Wahi, of Revelation. It's not otherworldly. All of its genius, all of its utility, all of its benefit is something that's completely from, you know, this dunya. It's within the, the ambit of, of, of this dunya and its reason and its logic and its understanding. It doesn't have any sort of transcendent, uh, any sort of transcendent reality. There are people in America who kind of want to look for deen because they have no deen so they say oh look you know guided by the hand of providence and this and that no it's a document they made some severe mistakes in it they made our African American brothers into a three fifths of a person for the purpose of voting and taxation it's not it's a flawed document you know and we can accept the good things about it rather than the bad the freedom of speech and the idea of sticks and stones will break my bones is is not the idea of Islam it's kufr what does the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam say he said that the, the sub of the believer is what, Moana? Sibabuhu is what? It's f- f- fisk, right? right? It's like killing the person. When you when you cast someone out, when you dog a, a Muslim out, it's like you're killing them. It is the definition of uh, of sin. And the actual killing of the Muslim is what? It's as if it's kufr. It's in you know, the, the ulama will say, Okay, well, we won't say that this is uh kufrul millah, but it's kufran and ni'am. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his last Hajjatul Wada'a, the biggest audience he ever addressed in his life, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What did he say? He said, don't return after I am gone. Kuffaras, in, 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 grateful, in grateful people that some of you smite the necks of others. Yadribu ba'dukum a'naqa ba'd. But still, that's what, that's what we're doing. That's what we see. And it's not enough for a person to see someone that they disagree with and give them the most charitable interpretation possible. To stretch themselves, you know. You see, the old ulama are like that. You know, you read read Tabsiratul uh, Adilla and you read, uh, you know, the Sunusiyat al Kubra. They don't hold their tongues back from lashing uh, bad ideas uh, or from chastising people who propagate bad ideas. But you'll see this that they'll they'll 
go through all of the person's defenses of their own wrong positions and then they'll add other defenses that that person didn't think of that are oftentimes superior defenses of those wrong positions and the, the, the defenses that those people gave for themselves and then they'll refute them. We don't do that. Rather, we race to what? To give the person the worst possible interpretation and then to smash them into the ground in a way that doesn't benefit anybody. All it is is the qada, the shahwa of, of, of the nafs, that you hate that person for whatever reason, uh, real or phantasmical, that, that you've conjured up inside of your heart. And now you're going to, uh, uh, you know, uh, you're going to go ahead and have, uh, you know, have the, the, the naked uh, spectacle of your, uh, of your anger and your rage. Uh, satisfy itself in the most shameless way possible uh, on that person. And if you have other people egging you on, then nobody's ashamed anymore. But the fact of the matter is Allah and His Rasul وسلم, are not pleased with that. Rather, the Ummah of the Prophet وسلم, is such an Ummah that people used to value the Imam, iman of another person. That the Rasul وسلم, used to say that even the Iman of a person, he said to Osama bin Zayd, his most beloved, uh, you know, as if it was his grandson, he, he would say to him, or he said to him when he uh, uh, heard the news that he killed somebody who said, La ilaha illallah, and Osama bin Zayd, when asked about it, said he only did it to save himself. He said, what, did you split his chest open? Now tell me something, you guys all heard the story, what's the prob- probability that he said it because in that one moment he you know, thought about Islam and was convinced idol worship is bankrupt? Very low probability. Mm-hmm. But this is still a, a story that we all tell, we understand. It's part of, it's intuitive with the logic of Iman, why it's something that we should uh, hold fast to. That that's something that they used to do. They used to stick up for one another. But now what is it? The entire Muslim world is filled with people. We cuss each other out and dog each other out because we don't have the ability to actually kill one another. That's what it is. We can't get away with it. It's a crisis of opportunity. I see people, Muslims in the Muslim community, that hate each other to that degree. It happens in masjid elections. It happens in, in classes. It happens in schools. It happens between sectarian groups. It happens between uh, national, uh, national identities. It happens between rich and poor. It happens between skin colors. We would kill one another if we had the ability to get away with it. We would enslave another Muslim if we had the ability to get, it, get away with it. We would wrongfully jail another Muslim if we had the ability. But it's a crisis of opportunity. Alhamdulillah, out of his mercy, he made us uh, uh, completely as relevant to society as the froth on the top of the sea is to the waves. And we're not able to get, get away with it. But it's the same thing inside which causes the people in the Muslim world to fight and kill each other. Why no one in a Muslim country can ever have five minutes of rest. Every government has tried to throw its own people in jail. Every person sees a person as a potential enemy and a potential threat that they, that they assess, you know, 10 steps before that person even uh, thinks themselves of becoming a threat that they want to take them out, uh, uh, you know, pre- preemptively. And what is it? It's complete misery. And it's not the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And unfortunately, unfortunately, in a manner that's very flabbergasting and it's a manner that explains to us why it is that this ummah is bereft of the help that was given to the companions radiallahu anhum. Those people that when they took the battlefield, they, you know, they themselves were largely unlettered people. And they took the battlefield against great and ancient civilizations that the Romans used to study the tactics of Hannibal and things like that. They had thousands of years old tradition, military tradition. The Persians had thousands of years old military tradition, imperial tradition, that they would take the battlefield and the angels themselves would uh, uh, dust them off to the side. 
Why? Because when you stand with La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you have the igatha of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with you. Allah Ta'ala is with you. Allah Ta'ala's ma'iyya is with you. And your, uh, you know, the Khalifa is Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu. And your Amir is Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu. And the one who keeps your sir and the one who uh, keeps your honor Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu. And your Murshid is Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. And the one who uh, guards every bab of your castle is the Ashara Mubashirin bil Jannah. And the Lashkar of the, of the Muhajirin Ansar, the ones who are, are with you wherever you go, even if you're a, a, a sole person that walks into a foreign land. You have the madad from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with you wherever you go. Why did we lose that madad? Because what? Because we don't have the, 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 the courage inside of us to follow these sunnahs. We want to do it our own way because that's what's practical. Khalas, you want to do it your own way? Go ahead, see, see how far you're going to get. See where you're going to get. And this, the, 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 the thing I was trying to say is what? One of the most brain-rottingly frustrating things is what? That explains to a person why is it maybe that that madad is not there with us anymore, is because people have somehow even found a way to use the birth of the Prophet ﷺ into a way to violate his sunnah in the most gross and disgusting way possible. I remember one time some of the best mulad bayans I've ever heard, best ones I ever heard was when the preacher inside gives a bayan about why the mulad is a bid'ah. Because what? If the man is sincere, if the man is sincere, what will he talk about? He'll talk about the fadila of following the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. And some of those, some of those bayans are the best because it happens on the 12th of Rabi'ul Awwal and the person speaks with such sincerity and such fervor. Such sincerity and such fervor and such love for the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, We stood outside the door of the masjid with sweets just handing them out on the way out to the people No one would ever know if they weren't admired in sectarian debates that this is any different than The bayan that's happening in the masjid down the street from the person who uh, celebrates the mawlid You don't have to follow their fiqh, you don't have to take bay'ah with them You know, you don't have to agree with them whether they say hadith is sahih or not But at the end of the day, they're still, they're still Muslims, right? And if it's like that, you know, if it's like that for this, maybe it's like that for other stuff as well. And that's my uh, small, uh, you know, small couple of words that I wanted to share after being subject, subjected to a, a kind of a, a bunch of foolery and foolishness, which is unfortunately not, unfortunately not new in the ummah. Uh, these are the types of controversies that, that people, uh, you know, were ready to fight and kill each other over when the Mongols were at the gates of the great metropoli of Central Asia and of the heartlands of Islam. And these were the things that people were cussing each other out over when the Crusaders ran over, uh, uh, ran over our, our, our sacred homeland. These are the things that people were arguing over in many places when they overran our, uh, our sacred homeland uh, with colonialism and with all other sorts of calamities that are breaking over the heads of the Muslims right now. And you see those couple of places where people can put aside these differences, not talk about these types of things or make them a reason to fight or hate or kill each other, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help, you know, it makes idraq of them, also it reaches them as well. Just like Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, when Banu Israel says, you know, that inna that, lamudrakun, that, uh, that somehow, you know, or another, you know, that's it, the jig is up, the Pharaoh and his hosts are going to bear down on us and we're against the sea. Kalla inna ma'ya rabbi sayyahdeen, that never with me is my Lord, he'll guide me, he'll guide me through this, he'll get us, he'll show us the way out of this, this problem. 
that this is something you don't even have to believe in anything miraculous to understand it. It's very common sense how a billion people forget about that. Even if one percent of them were people who at least you know knew how to uh, sit with someone that they disagree with and agree on a common goal without falling on each other like a, a pack of dogs. Uh, that how that's like that's really big. You know, that's something that's really big. And how it is that all of the Muslim major Muslim empires uh, they all started out with Muslims as minorities. The companions of the Allah who were at one point even a minority in Makkah Mukarramah and Medina Munawwara. They were a minority in the Arabian Peninsula. And Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu would walk in the streets of Kufa. A majority of its population is what? Kafirs. They probably walked by drunks. Just like you and me walked by drunkards in frat row. You can't, you know, you're not going to do anything about it because that's what their thing is. That's what they do. They're not, you know, that's their thing. That even the companions used to do that. But what? They commanded, they, they commanded presence because they were able to put these things together. And maybe if we're able to put these things together, not only in the asbab, you know, the the, the, the kind of like worldly, uh, uh, sensible sense that we can have some sort of relevance and impact. But we're saying, what, it's something so, so much more great than that. Because once you walk that path, you receive the madad of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And the hand of providence, dusty khudrat, then afterward will, will, will make a way for you that wasn't uh, possible through planning or through your own uh, uh, guile or your own wit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq and bring islah into the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And in this uh, Mubarak gathering on this uh, blessed night, that we prayed our salat together and we read the Qasida Burda and that we uh, shared a, you know, a good hour together that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take out whatever ranj and whatever uh, hiqad and whatever hatred and, and whatever poison that we have in our hearts for uh, the people of La ilaha illallah and He replaces it with love and He replaces it with nur and whatever harm and hurt that we've received from other uh, uh, Muslims that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, give us the ability to grow uh, so mm -hmm. that we no longer see them as a threat anymore mm -hmm. but we see them as uh, 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 you know as a, a means by which we can reach the ridha of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people who make islah in the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so much mm -hmm. so that he and his companions that, that, that gave their, their lives and that gave their, their tears and that gave their duas <clears> and their <throat> prayers and that gave the tawajjuh of their heart so that this deen can spread uh, through the earth and that generation after generation of people can call on Allah alone without any partner and attain salvation in the hereafter. That on the day of judgment, that we're, we're from this jil, the ones that they're proud of, rather than the ones that are an embarrassment to them.